Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello and welcome to the COB, the first one for 2022. It is very exciting. Uh, Scuddy, great to be here. Absolutely, mate. It's great to be back and I hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas and New Year break, including those who are still on their holiday lucky ducks. But uh, yeah, what a start to the trading year. Um, I can't even tell you how long you've got to go back to go and find a stronger start because uh, I couldn't go and catch it. Uh, It was at least since 1992. Uh, big gains, all ordinaries at record highs. What a start. Yeah, it's, is it a harbinger for the year ahead? It's interesting because you know, I was, um, heard a couple of quotes just referring to the so-called January barometer. Mm. Uh, I think that applies more in the States than it does here. Nonetheless, the theory is that if you have you know, a winning month in January, that sets the tone for the rest of the year. Yeah, well, we'll find out uh, soon enough. I think the, uh, the winning uh, success rate there is like 85% plus. If January's up, the, uh, the mark will be up for the year. But uh, yeah, strong start to the year. I've got to say that it was a bit meme-ish, the, uh, some of the other uh, big performers today on the, uh, the local market. We saw Tesla uh, blow out uh, expectations when it comes to uh, deliveries in the fourth quarter of last year. And uh, yeah, that just set alight a lot of those uh, battery material names. Uh, some huge gains are going to start the year. Yeah, we, I mean, we should say uh, one trading session does not the month make. Uh, we've got 30 to go, 30 year. days of the, of the month to go, of course. Um, but you're right. Uh, and of course, you know, just as far as that is concerned, also some very um, low volumes too. So that's yeah. probably need to put that caveat in there at the same time. Uh, yeah, Scotty, you're right. Just as far as some of those mean names are concerned, if, you're, uh, if you had shares in a lithium miner, no doubt you've probably done well today, I would have thought. Because you look at, I think that the four of the top five are in that um, battery minerals space. Yeah. Look, there's no doubt the demand is coming through and uh, Tesla's results go and reflect that. But yeah, a lot of it's already been priced in. But uh, no, needless to say, the market is always right. And uh, until uh, you've proven otherwise, you are wrong. So uh, yeah, really, really strong gains coming through. Uh, particularly, you know, yeah, I'm not, su- I'm not surprised though, uh, just given the light volumes. But uh, yeah, keep a close eye on that space. Good. It is red hot for the moment. At the other end of the spectrum, Gold, it can't win, can it? Is uh... yeah, it's uh, it's it's got a tough time ahead. No real yields. I was looking today. Uh, depends on what uh, sort of duration you look at, but in the uh, the U.S. market, uh, they're still deeply negative, very very close to those record lows, and that's a big driving factor when it comes to gold prices. Uh, inverse relationship. So if gold prices can't get a wriggle on at the moment, when you've got negative real yields where they sit at the moment, when will they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we'll see how that plays out. But certainly, a couple of the uh, people I spoke to today were talking about perhaps it's going to be another negative year just as far as uh, the gold price is concerned. Scuddy, um, gee, we're already into this conversation. We haven't even spoken about Omicron yet um, because it's out there. We know it's coming. We've got this wave, essentially, that's uh, that's going to hit in Australia. It's already there. Uh How's this going to play out, do you think, just as far as the broader economy is concerned? Because it seems to be fairly ad hoc, the way that individual states and even the nation is playing this. Yeah, it's uh, disjointed, dysfunctional, uh, lots of fear-mongering being spread. 
Um, but looking just around today, like I know it's, uh, it's, it's still very early in January, but uh, Sydney CBD is completely and utterly dead. Now, that's partly a function of uh, still very limited international tourism. But my goodness, uh, that's been uh, no, reflecting what we're seeing in other parts of the city and other parts of the country. Uh, it is going to have a bit of a detrimental impact. What it comes down to is when we know and have more information about the severity of, uh, of the ailment. It seems that a lot of the preliminary studies are saying that it's not as severe as what we've seen with other variants, but uh, until proven otherwise, people are clearly being cautious. So we'll see whether it has a, a longer lasting impact, but certainly in the near term, it will. Yeah, it's certainly going to impact energy prices, of course. Um, OPEC Plus, once again, are set to discuss its output, um, where that's likely to go as far as where it's going to boost supply or not. You would think not. Mm, no, it's uh, they'll continue with their four hundred thousand per barrel per day increase uh, of what they've been doing uh, per month, and that will go and be the tone. I think there's still some three point uh, no four million barrels off the other uh, pre-production levels of the pre-pandemic production levels. So still a long way to go, but uh, demand still seems to be picking up. Uh, of course, no big uh, no X factor is what happens when it comes to lockdown, government policies, and the like. That would have a detrimental impact if they were to be reintroduced across great sways of the uh, the Western world. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, given we're at the beginning of the of the trading year, um, you do think about what the big themes will be that will play out. Will it be what we saw last year? Well, yes, to an extent. I spoke with Heath Moss from HLA Investments um, earlier today. He said, you know, clearly it's all about the central banks, the taper, the rate rises that are likely to come. But more broadly, though, he he is still pretty bullish about where we're going. Yeah. Oh, look. Interest rates are still very, very low in the uh, the broader scheme of things, uh, and we should see economic conditions at least go and be as good as what they were last year, hopefully with less disruption. So there's plenty of reasons to be positive. The one key factor that I keep coming back to is how much of that has already been priced into these uh, these markets, talking about the all odds closing at record highs today and everything else. A lot of that good news has been priced in. It really comes down to the earnings side of the equation now and whether they can go and back up these valuations, and that's going to be the key thing as we head into February reporting season. Yeah, we should also uh, contemplate what's going on in China too, of course. Um, you know, Heath, he was uh, fairly optimistic in that regard, perhaps seeing the uh, the, that the worst of those regulatory imposts are, are past us now mm. um, and perhaps some more positive signs just as far as some of the resources are concerned in particular the demand for iron ore yeah, the manufacturing PMI out of China, both of them yep. actually were a bit stronger than expected uh, in the month of December. So that's a positive sign. A lot of people are very optimistic about the demand outlook, particularly for iron ore, uh, when it comes to that post-winter Olympic game period uh, in the middle of February. I'm still a little bit coy on it. I don't think we're going to go and see the same level of uh, steel production, primarily as a function of what's going on with uh, the property sector. Evergrande gets a lot of headlines, but we know that that area is starting to go and slow down, and it is the biggest consumer of steel, uh, far surpassing what we see when it comes to infrastructure and the like. So to me, I still think you've got to be show a little bit of caution. And a lot of that no, has already been repriced into the iron ore price, that, uh, that expectation for a stronger demand coming through. Caution, yeah, that's always um, something to pay attention to. Patience, perhaps, too, Scuddy. I know you spoke with uh, Steve Johnson from Forager Funds. Patience pays. Yeah, 
Uh, sometimes uh, the best trades are the ones that take the longest to come out uh, and can't go nail them or on day dot. And he was just going through some of the uh, the experiences that he's had and that the longer term investment journey. Also had a really good chat about, I you know, the breakdown between uh, the small cap growth and small cap value stocks at the moment, particularly deep value uh, areas of the market and uh, some of the lessons learned from 2021 and whether that can be extrapolated to the uh, to the year ahead. Really good chat with him. So yeah, glad to go and kick off the year with Steve. All right. Um, also today, of course, uh, we had the call with our uh, stock of the day. That was uh, Whitehaven Coal. Um, you're back to that energy space. And this is of particular interest, too, because we're seeing a shortfall, particularly in Europe, as far as energy needs are concerned. Um, therefore, they're turning back to coal. Also today, uh, with news that Indonesia has essentially banned exports because it, there are fears there that it can't meet its own power demands. As a result, that uh, coal price has moved higher and higher, and the uh, the local miners benefiting uh, also. Whitehaven, in particular, uh, at one stage was up close to eight uh, percent. Uh, so um, that's certainly uh, interesting, isn't it? That we're talking about the new world stocks of lithium and co and the battery mm. materials. There's still a lot of room to play, just as far as the old world is concerned. Absolutely, like. The ESG side of the equation, everyone wants to go and see renewables and clean energy go and take over in the future. But I think that there's too much optimism built in as to how quickly it can go and take place. And we're seeing record power needs and power production coming through last year from the, uh, the coal space. And we've just got no supply coming on. There's no new capacity being brought on anything else when it comes to uh, coal and everything else. Uh, which makes it very difficult to go and keep up with that demand. So unless there's like some sort of technological breakthrough that really sees those renewables and battery and everything else really go and take hold very quickly, there's going to be a supply-demand imbalance. I wrote about it last year in one of the views, and I still hold that point that uh, I think that whilst a lot of the other stocks, they don't reflect the value of where commodity and spot prices are trading at the moment, uh, they're going to be absolute money spinners for quite a period of time, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we had Mark Morland from Team Invest and Carl Cabalinga from Think Markets run the ruler over Whitehaven. Uh, Carl thinking it's a buy at these levels. My view on coal is very positive. Uh, even though, forgetting the ESG type movement and the, the demonising of coal, the reality is there's been far fewer new mines being bought on around the world. So there's, there's a big squeeze. So even though it may be politically incorrect in a lot of quarters, um, I think uh, coal's A, not going away anytime soon. And because of the, the fact that it's been very difficult to bring on any new supplies, countries like Australia who have high-grade high coal uh, generally uh, are in a very good position. Whitehaven, you know, is obviously a well-placed to take advantage of uh, that short to medium-term potential uh, demand there and, and, and price fluctuations to the upside as the world transitions away and kind of uh, throws the baby out with the, with the bathwater to some extent. So look, on the basis of the chart, on the basis of some of those fundamentals, I could see, um, uh, you know, I, I could buy it here. I could happily buy it here, but it would be more of a risk money bet given the volatility. Okay, there we have it, Whitehaven Coles. Uh, so, Scuddy, do you sort of put your ESG concerns aside for now and just take that opportunity? Well, when it comes to making money, it's uh, got to be a requirement for energy of all sources. So, yeah, uh, a lot of people share that view as well. Uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, well, let's, uh, let's look ahead. Um, now, you know, we should be aware, of course, that we're still pretty much in holiday mode. Uh, less so, though, in the States, and we do have 
some key jobs data coming to us at the end of the week. Yeah, that's going to be the other focal point on Friday. We also get the Fed minutes that are out as well. Set the tone uh, for what we're likely to hear from a lot of the other uh, Fed members as uh, they restart their speaking uh, uh, schedule for 2022. Uh, markets are getting pretty punchy when it comes to the expectation for, uh, for rate hikes. It's now about a two-thirds uh, chance that we'll see the other uh, Fed fund rate increased in March. Of course, that's when the tapering is expected to go and take place. But we saw that core PCE deflator come out uh, just before Christmas uh, in the States and annualized rate of 4.7%. That's a long, long way from the 2% uh, level the Fed targets. And of course, we've got those areas of the housing market in particular, real chunky componentry of that, uh, that inflationary basket uh, that are continuing to likely just add support. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether this optimism that we're seeing to start the year, not only here, but uh, in other markets around the world, in Europe and, uh, and the US, both closed at record highs overnight, whether that can be sustained in the, uh, the light of higher discount rates and, uh, and higher interest rates. And higher Omicron infections. I'm just looking at some breaking news at the moment, in fact, that the US has topped 1 million COVID infections in 24 hours. That doubled from just four days ago, which yeah. set... The global record. Wonder if their testing requirements are as uh, <laughs> as flimsy as ours, and the information is uh, is valid. But uh, yeah, that's that's a story for another day. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, of course, I think the focus still needs to be on what's going on when it comes to hospitals. That's yeah, uh, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely uh, the crucial thing. Uh, we know that uh, a lot of the numbers that are coming out when it comes to cases, in particular here. Uh, being pretty uh, pretty flimsy, no no rats uh, rat testing being uh, no applied in the OS figures at the moment, uh, and often very delayed in old data. So yeah, we'll see. No, I agree. I think those numbers are pretty much irrelevant at the moment, given they're just so large that it is all about the pressure that uh, our health system is facing and how it copes. But listen, uh, that's negative. Let's stick to the positive. Great day. Good way to start the year. Just like we finished last year uh, with uh, <laughs> popping the champagne. Well, maybe we should go pop the champagne to start the year. Pretty uh, pretty good start. Hopefully uh, the start of a good year ahead. I'm looking forward to it. On that note, cheers, Scotty. See ya. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.